welcome back to episode three of IPNO from home. We are once again coming to you live from the couch in my living room, but we're uh, we're doing things a little different today. If you watch the first two episodes, things may seem a little different. John, can you uh, let us let us in on what's different today? Yes. Yeah, so this week we have our first ever special guest, and special he is uh, to a lot of us and me in particular. Uh, with us this week, we have Frank Rita. Um, there is some relation, I guess, but he's the Associate Vice President of Information Technology uh, at the Office of Information Technology at Rutgers University. Um, I know him well outside of work. He is an avid golfer, uh, semi-professional photographer, and other things. <laughs> And other things, indeed. Uh, Frank, can you do, can you give us some more background uh, in addition to what John did? Can you tell us what you do? Sure. Um, and first off, I want to say thank you for having me on the show. Listen to your other podcasts, the ones that you've done prior to this, and I thought they were very informative. I thought they were very well done. So thank you. I'm honored to thank be you. here, and uh, I really appreciate it. So, um, so what do I do? I I work in the Office of Information Technology, as John indicated. Um, I'm responsible for uh, four different support organizations across the university, across all four of Rutgers University schools. Um, I'm responsible for the OIT help desks and computer labs on each of the campuses. Uh, also responsible for development of hardware standards and overseeing hardware and software licensing uh, and purchasing and distribution of, of computers and mobile technology for the university. Mobile technology, as you know, has become very important these days uh, since um, the entire Rutgers work, well, almost all of the Rutgers workforce has gone mobile and is working remotely. So that's become very important. Um, we also, um, prior to the uh, remote work, we were doing uh, distribution of all technology for RBHS, and uh, currently we're doing distribution of all mobile technology for the university administration during the pandemic. Um, I also am responsible for overseeing a university's accessibility implementation and uh, leading the current university-wide conversion of learning management systems to Canvas at Rutgers. So that's pretty much it. I mean, that covers uh, the areas that I'm responsible for, so. So Frank, with, uh, with regard to the, to the pandemic situation, how has uh, the Office of Information Technology been assisting the university in preparing for remote instruction and supporting the remote workforce? So that's a good question. So actually what uh, our involvement in terms of preparing the university for this time actually started many years ago. So uh, it was the building of a network that can support the kind of activities that we see today the implementation of uh, uh, applications that live in the cloud. So for instance, right now we're working on Microsoft Teams. That's one of the big additions in the 
Office 365 suite that we've added that allow people to collaborate and work with one another remotely. And so over the years, we've added a number of things. We've added additional network capacity. We've added things like WebEx, uh, Microsoft Teams, and, and other tools that allow people to work remotely. More recently, uh, our CIO, Michelle Noren, our senior, uh, senior vice president and CIO, Michelle Noren, was a member of the emergency operations center that was spun up at Rutgers in order to uh, help Rutgers prepare for the response to this pandemic. And uh, that is a group that has done some amazing work. Um, over the course of less than two weeks, about 10 days, we took Rutgers from a brick and mortar institution, primarily brick and mortar institution, to a almost entirely remote institution. So uh, that was a significant change in how we work. And it all occurred over the course of about 10 days while the students were away on spring break. So um, the way we did that was we pulled together IT professionals from all around the university. Uh, Michelle leads a group called the uh, IT Leadership Council at Rutgers. And that IT Leadership Council consists of professionals from all around the university. As a matter of fact, uh, from IPNO, uh, there are, there's representation there on the part of Ed Fabula and Joe Howard. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, when we asked for community support to help us with the anticipated rush of support questions, uh, I believe it was Andre Granadero who also chipped in and volunteered to help in terms of uh, fielding support questions from the university community. So it's truly been a, a team effort in terms of how we've dealt with, how we got ready for, and how we've dealt with the support aspects of moving the entire university to remote work. So you're preparing to get all these things set up to work remotely, and I assume that a big transition would lead to uh, uh, an influx of support tickets, right? Uh, what what was the volume of support contacts like once everybody started moving remote? So it's it's pretty amazing um, what we saw. We expected the worst. We planned for the worst, and as it turned out, it it wasn't as big a deal as we expected it to be. Uh, things went really smoothly. We had lots of hands there and lots of eyes watching um, the watching the support channels and making sure that people were well taken care of. And so in the end, we did a lot of preparation and we did a lot of work ahead of time. And uh, as people worked remotely, there was not a rush of uh, not a rush of people requ requiring support. I think part of that is because really, if you look at the culture at Rutgers, I believe um, people work at home regularly, right? They they read email at home. They know how to do that. They, they typically have resources, uh, IT resources available to them at home already. Um, 
and they're able to navigate the technology uh, better than we anticipated. They were able to navigate the technology better than we anticipated. And so uh, I think, you know, the kudos to the Rutgers community for doing such a great job of uh, navigating these changes. And um, I would say that if you look specifically at our help desk, uh, the help desk was receiving volume a volume of calls that was in line with what we would see during the beginning of the uh, spring semester anyway so it really wasn't a crush of calls we didn't we weren't overwhelmed or anything like that uh, there were some different calls right when you you've got people working remotely you're answering different types of questions than you do for when they're on site uh, but it was really, uh, really nothing that we couldn't handle. So it worked out fairly well for us. Um, so, you know, you, you said that uh, a lot of people were uh, calling in from the phone, but like not enough uh, that it was too much to handle. So how long would you say it took people to get through to the help desk uh, by phone? Yeah, so so still, um, if you if you look at the support metrics that um, we have for the OIT help desk, the great majority of support contacts that we receive are via telephone. And um, it's not uncommon at the beginning of the semester for there to be, you know, fairly long waits for people to get through. Um, in this particular instance within the in the first two weeks that we were in operation when we went remote the call wait times were right around the two minute mark and uh, as we got into it a little bit further within the first four weeks they were under two minutes so wait times were under two minutes for people who were calling into the help desk over that uh, over the past four weeks and you know, that, that's pretty amazing when you think about it, because basically you've taken everybody out of the environment in which they're comfortable operating. You put them into a new environment and ask them to use tools that they may or may not be familiar with. And really, we, we got a, a fairly low volume of calls. We did, um, we did staff up a little bit so that we'd be able to handle additional call volume. But in the end, uh, we were able to handle the, the call volume very well. And I, I do want to mention that it wasn't only OIT that was handling that volume. There was some additional help from the other IT units at the university, as I mentioned earlier. So we were all chipping in. We were helping each other out. And we were helping out the teaching and learning technologies group as well on questions that related to courses at the university and getting students so that they could get into their coursework, take tests, do the things that were necessary. So, so from all the questions that uh, you received, what were the what were the, the sort of frequently asked questions? So I, I guess you can imagine that people are working remotely. The the what's what's new about that? The new thing about that is is really uh doing what we're doing now right video conferencing and uh so the majority of the questions that we got were related to webex and and microsoft teams and people working in those two applications uh beyond that help desk uh, the oit help desk typically 
uh, fields calls on NetIDs uh, at the University of NetID being your primary means of identification for logging into the network and your network credentials and uh, it supplies you with authentication and uh, access to systems. So, so we got a lot of questions about NetIDs. That's normal for the beginning of a semester and you remember people were coming back from spring break so that's that's not uncommon. Um, the other questions were related to VPN access, virtual private networking, and so essentially what virtual private networking is for folks who may not know, uh, it, it makes it look like you're on the Rutgers network when you're sitting at home in your living room or your basement or your kitchen or wherever you are. And um, in addition to VPN questions, we were getting remote desktop questions. So what's happening is that a lot of people um, store information that they need for their job on their on their work computer. And so in order for them to be able to access that information, they need remote desktop access. And so uh, our telecommunications division did an excellent job of adding capacity uh, for VPN access and remote desktop. They added a remote desktop gateway to allow people to get access to the things that they needed to do their job. So uh, that's another area of OIT that, uh, you know, really, really pitched in and did a great job for us. So. Okay, cool. It sounds, so it sounds a lot like the Rutgers community and specifically from an IT perspective, the IT community at Rutgers came together to, to really take this head on and, and be prepared. Uh, has OIT been involved in anything related to COVID-19 for the community outside of Rutgers, uh, you know, helping out our neighbors and, and trying to help the, the greater cause? So, yeah, so that, that's a good question. So um, Rutgers has a, a mission to serve the state and the members of the New Jersey community, right? And so our mission goes beyond just helping the Rutgers community. Um, so when Governor Murphy issued the order to shut down libraries and computer labs on campus, um, we suddenly found ourselves with over a thousand computers on the New Brunswick campuses sitting idle uh, in our computer labs. And <clears throat> around the same time, one of our staff members learned of an effort. Um, it, the effort is called Folding at Home. It's a um, it's a project that lends compute power to analyze data, help analyze data on medical uh, medical problems, medical issues. And so it's run out of Washington University in St. Louis. And <clears throat> anyone can do this. You can go online, you can download a little client that you put on your computer. And when your computer is sitting there idle, you're not using it, uh, the folding at home people can use the compute power of your idle computer to help them run calculations on, on different types of uh, data analysis that they're trying to do. So what happened was um, that we got approval to use the folding at home software on those thousand computers in the labs to donate that processing time to folding at home. In addition to that, the Office of Advanced Research Computing at Rutgers 
had some uh, additional cycles in their supercomputing center that they were donating as well. And so together, Rutgers contributed to the folding at home effort. I checked yesterday and we were in the top 99.6 percentile of contribute, uh, contributors to the folding at home process. That process is specifically right now looking for uh, cures for the COVID-19 virus. So that's pretty cool when you think that. I mean, we're, we're really, we're really uh, thrilled to be a part of that. And hopefully uh, they'll be able to come out of that with data that will help find a cure for what's going on right now. That's cool. That's pretty cool. That's cool. So you've been doing, you know, all, all this work to make sure people are set up for remote work <laughs> and make sure they have all the right tools. What tools have you been uh, relying on to work from home? So, <laughs> so basically I live on WebEx these days. Um, a typical day for me is um, mostly meetings and uh, you know, I'm I'm in you know four, five, six, or more meetings a day, and now all of those meetings are uh, almost all exclusively in WebEx. Some of them are in Microsoft Teams, but largely it's WebEx. So um, I would say, <clears throat> you know, WebEx, uh, Teams. I spend a lot of time on Slack, looking for people who are requesting support don't know where to send their requests to and so uh, we've got that's actually where we have the majority of uh, the IT the Rutgers IT community uh, tuned in looking for people who need help and then responding to those questions so those are the tools that I, I use for the most part and you use the regular stuff I mean I live in Outlook um, like most people reading email these days and uh, you know, Excel, Word, you name it, those kinds of things. So all the fun stuff, right? <laughs> so we, we covered the business end of things, but uh, you're, you're not going to come on with, with the boys and not talk about some boy stuff. Okay. So Rich, take it away. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, uh, well, part of the things that we like to do on the podcast is sort of ask how the situation has changed your daily routine. So what's your well, how's your daily routine looking these days? So <clears throat> so it's uh, excuse me one second. <clears throat> OK, so my daily routine is um, I, I've been an early riser most of my life. I always uh, get up pretty early. Um, I usually get over to the gym between five and six a.m. And uh, you know, that, that's not an option right now, right? Can't right. go to the gym. So I get up, uh, I sleep in a little bit, which is kind of cool, um, you know, and in, in the, the exercise that I seem to be getting lately is uh, I, I hunt for M&Ms around the house. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a chocolate addict and I'm always looking for M&Ms and my wife hides them in various places around <laughs> I have to try and find them. So, uh, you know, but seriously, um, you know, I, I try and keep as, as normal a routine as possible. Get up in the morning, get ready for work and then uh, leave for work. And so sort of jokingly, the very first week I was at home, 
um, I would, you know, shower, get dressed, and then get ready to go to work. And in this case, work was downstairs. So I kiss my wife goodbye and tell her I was leaving for work, and you know, <laughs> that I'd call her later uh, when I was on my way home. And uh, I think on the first day, I actually texted her from my computer downstairs and said, you know, "Hey, honey, I'm leaving work now. I'll be home in a little while." <laughs> So it's kind of about, you know, maintaining a normal routine. And I think those are the those are the things that sort of keep people balanced and, um, you know, make people feel comfortable with the current situation. So. Right. So define sleeping in for you. Oh, gosh, <clears throat> 630 is late. Um, you know, seven <laughs> seven That's like me waking up early. Seven yeah. o'clock, I wasted half the day, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so I'll drop this tidbit in that not many people probably know about you, but you're up at five and you're usually, you know, we'll say you're home by five, five thirty, you have dinner at six and by six thirty Seinfeld is blaring in the living room and your eyes are very tightly shut. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so. that's nap time, right? Because Seinfeld is on, you know, after dinner and then, um, you know, I'll take a quick nap and then I'll watch some TV, you know, we, with Netflix and Amazon Prime and all the other stuff that we watch. Um, I've been watching a lot of Curb lately. Uh, Larry David is a genius as far as I'm concerned. But I need that little nap after dinner because, you know, Seinfeld is on at 11 and 11.30 at night, right? So I've got to catch that before I go to sleep each night. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I've also uh, come into some crucial information that you are the new owner of an Xbox. Can you confirm or deny that? I absolutely am. Um, so <laughs> I was uh, I was I was an avid gamer earlier in life and uh, sort of gave it up over the last few years. And I figured, you know what, if I'm going to be locked up in this house for all this time, uh, I might as well have something to do. I, I also like to golf and uh, in in real life, I'm not a really, I'm not a good golfer, but I, I like to get out there and, and take a whack at the ball every now and then. And um, so one of the things, one of the reasons that I got the Xbox is so that I could play golf on the Xbox. And I was a little disappointed after I bought the Xbox to find out that EA Sports no longer makes Tiger Woods golf. So, uh, you know, I bought a different golf game. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> It's not the best. I still stink at that game, so I guess it's very realistic, you know, because I stink at I stink at golf too. But uh, you know, anyway, it gives me something. We gotta to get you. Uh, we gotta get you on Fortnite, and we could squat up. Okay. <laughs> did did you get any other games? Sure, I've got. Uh, let's see, what did I get? I bought. Uh, I bought FIFA. I got FIFA. I've got. Um, Oh, what else did I get? I, you know, it came with some games as well. But Madden is my favorite. You know, I'm I'm beasting in Madden these days. You know? Oh yeah. As a matter of fact, Coach Ciano may want to put me on as his uh, offensive coordinator this year because I'm <laughs> just I'm tearing, I am tearing it up in Madden. I got to tell you. You know. Wow. So. Have you have you played any games of FIFA online? I just just want the world to hear this. Uh, so, so it's it's interesting that you should ask that question, John, because I have only played one game of FIFA, and that was against you. 
And I'm sure you want me to tell the audience that, you know, you won that game in what, the 91st minute or something like that? that was this it. was your first that time was... playing FIFA ever? Oh, no, I played FIFA oh, okay. when, when John was uh, a young man. So, what am I now? <laughs> John's a little older man. No. <laughs> <laughs> He knows he's on camera. So, so it was a really good game. It was it was a one nothing game. So very tight, right. very tight match. And I controlled the ball more of the game than I think you did. He kind of got lucky at the end of the game. He put one in. So, all right. Well, I'm going to give you one one last question. Sure. Right. We know you love chocolate. We know you love M and M's. Outside of chocolate and M and M's, what's been your go to quarantine food? My go-to quarantine food. So there's an Italian restaurant in uh, East Brunswick, which is not too far from where we live, uh, that we frequent. And our big treat of the week is, uh, as a matter of fact, we do this on Friday nights. We typically have pizza night on Friday night. And uh, so we will be ordering Italian food from brothers in East Brunswick tonight as well. I'll put my mask on. I'll get my Jeep. I'll run up to brothers, pick up some dinners and... Uh, you know, that's our that's our new entertainment for the week. That's something for us All to right. look forward to. So, yeah. Very good. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to episode three. Keep uh, keep emailing us or commenting with feedback or topics that you'd like. Um, Frank, thanks for coming on. And we'll give you the last word. Guys, it was a pleasure talking with you. I really uh, I really enjoy the podcast that you've put together so far. And. Hopefully this lives up to your standards. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.